Welcome to the Word of Christ, sermons from Pastor Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend, North Dakota, and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. The Old Testament reading for the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany of our Lord is from Jonah, the first chapter. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went on board and to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the land and the, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. This is the word of the Lord. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. At that time when Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. 
And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In many and various ways, God spoke to His people of old by the prophets, but now in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. The Lord always sends preachers. He sends His Word out to be heard. And He calls the self-absorbed to repentance. He calls them to consider the goodness of His commandments, which, as St. Paul says, are the proper definition of what love really is. And indeed, God proclaims His undeserved kindness to the whole world. He does not desire the death of a sinner, but rather that he be turned from his evil way and live. And thus the Lord proclaims life in the midst of death. And now in these last days, all of this is revealed clearly and explicitly to us in Jesus Christ, God's Son, who is alive out of death forever. And this is the great theme of this epiphany season, that our God has manifested Himself in the flesh and that He is revealing Himself not simply to the Jews, but to all the world, to the nations. Today, however, we have a very strange contrast between the old and the last because we have Jonah and we have Jesus. One refused his calling. He ran away from God's presence as if that were possible. And one heeded God's call, entering into our human flesh to bring God's gracious and saving presence right to us. Now what could the prophet Jonah and the Christ Jesus possibly have in common? Only it seems that we find them both asleep in the boat during the storm. Now how is it that someone can sleep when disaster and loud danger are all around them? Jonah was drowsy with the weariness of sinful weakness. The Scriptures say that he ran away from the presence of the Lord. To run from the Lord is always to run away from His judgment. It's to run away from His words. It's to refuse to let the Lord have His good and gracious way with us. And instead, to follow our own self-callings, which in the end are no callings at all. And the conscience cannot win that battle, dear saints. The conscience feels the burden of guilt. That is to say, it feels the burden of the truth. It resonates with the Lord's law. The law of love, as St. Paul says, but a love that we do not find fulfilled in ourselves, but one that we find weak and paltry, even when we work our hardest at it. Now where indeed was Jonah's love 
for all of the Assyrians there in Nineveh, the ones whom the Lord wished to call to repentance by His voice. Jonah tried to run physically by hiring a ship. And he even tried to hide away in the belly of that ship. But he could not escape. So with a heavy heart, he retreated into sleep. I don't know if he did it with the aid of any sleep aids or not. But trying to silence the conscience, that is exhausting work and fruitless work. Now, none of this is uncommon to our experience, is it, dear saints? Sleep, distance, quietness, seclusion, or substances. These are the ways that we run. We run from our duty. We run from the past. We run from our memories. We run for fear of futures that we don't even know and that we couldn't predict. Jesus calls this elsewhere in the Bible sluggishness of heart, drowsiness. He says that the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh remains weak. Even for the faithful, even for believing Christians, even the chosen prophet of God, like we hear about in today's Old Testament reading, Jonah. Faithful still succumb to doubt and weakness and sin. And so the collect that we prayed today says it just right. Almighty God, You know that we live in the midst of so many dangers, that in our frailty we cannot stand upright. But now Jesus, Jesus is not sleeping for these reasons. He is a man like you and me, that's true. He is subject to weakness. He is subject even to temptation. And yet, all of it without sin. Now today we see His humanity very clearly in this, that He sleeps. And yet He sleeps with the weariness of a hard day's work. Because before today's Gospel, Jesus had been teaching all day. He retired to that boat for rest. He was busy fulfilling His calling, running into the task that His Father had sent Him on. And even so, there is more. There is a reason that Jesus rests so easily in the bottom of the boat. Even when the situation becomes dire. That is that He rests in faith. Perfect. Unwavering. Doubt-free faith. He rests securely and confidently in the promises of His Father in God's Word, knowing that there is nothing to fear. In the midst of so many dangers, He is not frail. He stands upright. That is why Jesus sleeps easy. Now around these two men in our two stories, the prophet and the Christ respectively, the sailors are clamoring. John's pagan Gentiles are called mariners. They know sailing. 
Likewise, the core of Jesus' twelve disciples were seasoned fishermen before Jesus called them. So you know then that these are not little storms. They are serious danger if the strongest, the toughest men are rattled. These are the moments where many would say you get to find out what a man and who a man really is. We should learn from the pagans on Jonah's boat how pagans pray and make sure that we Christians don't pray like this. What do they do? The Gentiles go around, they wake everyone who's got a pulse up, and they tell them to start beseeching their gods. Whoever he or she may be, call out, let's see what happens. Now we do a similar thing, I fear, dear Christians, when we treat intercession as if it were some kind of petition that we were going to get signed by a billion people and then hand off to a politician to do something about it. As if God were like our politicians. As if God listens and answers better the more people there are weighing on Him. Now that's, that's pagan thinking. Now, Jonah lays it all to rest with the only decent thing that he says in the entire episode. When he says, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. With these words, he acknowledges the one that he'd been running from for so long. And amazingly, amazingly, all of those pagan Gentiles, they listen to him and they believe. They change their tunes from songs to every possible god or idol to one of faith. They call out to the Lord. and They beg His mercy. Now in Jesus' boat, the disciples are at their wit's end also. And I hope that the point of Jesus' little rebuke is obvious to you. Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? It's not that the disciples are faithless. They are not pagan Gentiles. They are not standing there, terrified, grasping at straws. But what is there that can possibly rattle them? What is there that is so fearful when their Lord Himself is present with them? Now the disciples, to their credit, utter a marvelous prayer. And it's one that we should echo. They say, save us, Lord. That's it. But they also add in with it panic, doubt, weakness. Save us, Lord, because we are perishing. Oh dear saints, isn't this us also? We know who to call but we don't know what to pray as we ought. We know who to trust, and yet when cross or trial comes, we save Him for the last resort. We fear the rebuke of this world, embarrassment from Gentile pagans, the loss of our comfort and our ease, more than we fear the Lord's own rebuke. Again, our colic today has it right. Grant us strength and protection to support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations, Lord, through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Because who is this Jesus? When all is calm again, and the panic that was on their breath seems like nothing but foolishness, those disciples exclaim, What man is this that even the wind and the waves obey Him? It isn't a question anymore for them. It's a statement. This man is God. This man is the very God Jonah feared. The Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. No one can run from Him. No one can hide. No conscience can escape. But that is because He has come to rescue and to save you. Save those who don't know Him. Save those even who run from Him. The God of heaven, the God who alone is the world's uncreated Creator, has come into our same weakness. He has come to suffer the dangers and the sorrows of this life, yes, but He has come to give cleanness. Cleanness for consciences that are troubled. He alone, through His unwaveringly faithful death, He has turned back God's wrath against sinners. He is the Lord who saves. Because that is what His name, Jesus, means. Savior. And that disciples' prayer uttered in little faith, every bit as weak as our own. The Lord Jesus loves to answer. Save us, Lord. And He does. We often are shallow in our prayers. We're shallow in the solutions that we give to God to use, to the shallow problems that we are able to diagnose in ourselves. But thanks be to God, this God, the Lord Jesus, is with you even to the deepest depths of despair. He is able to calm storms, metaphorical and meteorological alike. And He is able to put an end to the storms also of a sinful conscience. Able to end it by a word. The word of His true forgiveness. The miracle of a fish swallowing a man and preserving him alive through such a death. That is incredible. But the miracle of a God who takes up the nature of His fallen and rebellious creation in order to rescue it by dying and rising again, that is even greater. In many and various ways, God spoke to His people of old by the prophets, like Jonah. But now in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. Awake, O sleeper, rise from death, and Christ will shine on you. In Jesus, your conscience is cleansed. He remains faithful always. He is the one greater than Jonah. He is the one who has spent three days in death's maw, but has come out alive again. And his sign is this that his word goes forth to enlighten the Gentiles, even us with salvation received through faith, no matter how weak 
This is the sort of man your God is, dear saints. He who made the sea and the dry land, he whom wind and waves obey, saves you. Rest easy in him. You are not perishing, but you will have everlasting life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to The Word of Christ. You can find more sermons at verbachristi.blogspot.com and if you have need to contact Pastor Denzer, you can email him at pastor at denzer.org. That's P-A-S-T-O-R at D-A-E-N-Z-E-R dot O-R-G. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Amen. Amen.